This is Power and Consequence. Welcome back. Changed it up a little. Anna did our intro, and that was awesome. Thank I, you. I think that might be your job from now on. This is power and consequence. We're trying to inform people, not seduce them. But if seducing them will inform them... What can I say? Power is the ultimate seduction. Oh, God. That sucks. That's true. So, <laughs> welcome back to Power and Consequence. I am Matt. And I'm Anna. And this is our podcast where we break down propaganda in American politics on a case-by-case basis. Uh, Hannah, uh, how does... Did I just call you Hannah? You did. I did. <laughs> Anna, uh, how does the world look out there? Nah. Nah, that's it. It's it looks... basically all I can muster. There's some good stuff going on, and there's some... Not so great stuff going on? Not good stuff going on. Um, this much is true. Uh, so let us jump right into it. Uh, a lot of things have been happening this week. One thing in particular that I thought was pretty funny from like a, a propaganda sort of point of view, and that is the great state of Texas, the Lone Star State. Uh, Texas has been a lot, been through a lot in the last couple of weeks, to say the least. Uh, extreme it's weather. Putting it mildly, yeah. Yeah, and the only thing that wasn't mild was the weather. An extreme weather event ripped through the United States, and um, on top of it just being so freaking cold, Texas's power grid went down, you know? And unlike the rest of the country, you know, because they, to avoid federal regulations, they're, on, they're pretty much on their own. I don't know the technical aspects of how it works, but basically, whereas everywhere else in the United States can borrow energy from the federal grid, so to speak. Texas cannot, and this was intentional. These are the continuous United States. I think Alaska and Hawaii have their own stuff. True, 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 true. Uh, yeah, that would make sense. Uh, so yeah, that that sucked. Uh, Texas's uh, power system failed during uh, the, I, get, I don't know if they call it a storm or a weather event. Uh, people Honest, died. Honestly, I don't know the difference. Yeah, They, they well, seem the same to me. Yeah, well, whatever you want to call it, people did die due to hypothermia. Children died. Correct. Uh, there's been serious damage to agriculture. People were without heat and running water. They had exorbitant uh, power bills, you know, which, you know, it doesn't look like any meaningful financial help is on the horizon for those that need it the most. Yeah, we're talking about literally thousands of dollars. Yeah, like a $10,000 power bill, you know, when people were like fighting for their lives. I mean, obviously that's an extreme example but it is a real example oh yeah i it's just like i mean the 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 power vendors made like an extra like like extra billions in 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 uh like uh in charges during this whole thing which is bullshit you know but anyway we've seen that throughout the pandemic billionaires have literally added multiple billions to their net worths whereas labor has lost billions yeah and they can't even fall back on the whole like job creator propaganda that they usually use because people were getting laid off and yet they still made money you know it, it makes you think of the whole robin hood gamestop trader thing where you realize how made up all this shit really is that was such a great week i know right? well in, in a sense yes it was in, in terms of like the wall street crying because it's like, no, only we can do this. So specifically regarding Texas and, and 
propaganda and demagoguery. Uh, we're going to focus on Governor Greg Abbott. Oh, great. Yeah, Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Um, he, you know, just to paint the picture of what Abbott is, I'll remind everybody of something uh, that happened, which was early on in the crisis in, the, in this extreme cold weather event, uh, Greg Abbott went on Sean Hannity and he turned the power failure into a uh, partisan issue uh, by blaming the Green New Deal. So this shows how the Green New Deal would be a deadly deal for the United States of America. Texas is blessed with multiple sources of energy, such as uh, natural gas and oil uh, and nuclear, as, as well as uh, solar and wind. Uh, but you saw from what Trace said, uh, and that is our wind and our solar got shut down, and, and they were uh, collectively more than 10% of our power grid. And that thrust Texas into a situation where it was lacking power in a statewide basis uh, that was power that was spread out by that ERCOT organization that you were talking about. As a result, uh, it just shows uh, that fossil fuel is necessary uh, for the state of Texas as well as other states to make sure that we were, will be able to heat our homes in the wintertime and cool our homes in the summertime. They have wind power in Scandinavia and it works just fine in the snow. Yeah. In Idaho, they have wind power. Antarctica. And it works just fine in the snow. No, it was refusal to, you know, prep these, these, um, you know, these, whatever you want to call them, you know, these energy sources and, and all these uh, machines for extreme cold. Now, admittedly, the odds of that were pretty small, but... But turning it into a partisan issue was a calculated idea. Oh, yeah. And also, you know, I mean, from the Washington, I mean, this was easily debunked from the Washington Post, quote, thermal sources, including coal, gas and nuclear, lost almost twice as many gigawatts of power because of the cold, according to ERCOT, the Electric Reliability Council of Texas, the state's electric grid operator. But also, to be fair, they account for a much higher proportion of Texas's energy, correct? They do. But I mean, that but that's the point to suggest that it was the it was, you know, the windmills failing. Yeah. How know. he phrased his um, complaint. Mm -hmm, is, mm -hmm. is that what we're going to say? Yeah. It made it his sound accusation. like because of this 10 percent, Texas didn't have energy, which is just not true. Oh, yeah. Demonstrably not true. And I just wanted to put that in there to just sort of paint the background or, you know, to fill in the background of, of who, uh, you know, Governor Abbott is. How does he get his money, by the way? Abbott? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. He's He's been a politician for a good while. Okay. I was just curious if he was, you know, funded by some... Uh, oh, it, it wouldn't... Some oil money. It, it wouldn't surprise me. In the state of Texas, it's pretty much a guarantee. Yeah, I mean, you know, nothing wrong with that in and of itself, any more than it is, you know, private interests um, funding, you know, uh, Nancy Pelosi or Gavin Newsom or any of these guys. So, um, in addition to uh, Abbott sort of trying to throw uh, the Green New Deal for some reason under the bus because his state deregulated the shit out of their, uh, you know, their energy concerns over the past few decades, uh, Governor Abbott also announced last week that all COVID restrictions would be lifted in the state of Texas. Uh, yep. Dis yeah. Despite the advice of CDC guidelines and basically most everyone who has formal education or training in epidemiology and pandemic response. Um, one caveat to that, he, 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 I, I think in an executive order, Abbott mentions that um, if a, if a county is starting to show numbers where it's like, you know, COVID is on the rise, then a county judge could, 
could uh, elect to create some type of like restrictions or guidelines. So he's putting it on the county yeah, judges. So, so he gets deniability. Exactly. And so he's no judges want to going to want to put their name on that. Exactly. And it's just like that's his that's his out though. That's Abbott's out to be like, oh look, see, I'm not totally ending it. I mean, but you know, I'm just giving i'm passing the ball i'm gonna give them two weeks before every single county is going to have increased rates i would yeah i mean and i i yeah but a part of me is just like i really hope as strange as it sounds i hope this is one of those moments where greg abbott gets to be like i told you so because that would mean that covid isn't going up which is good for all of us oh you you sweet sweet child Uh, i know anyways and it also wasn't Texas, only Texas, right? Mississippi also got rid of the the mask mandate. They followed just after those two made the news, but then there were other states that were kind of already that way, you know? Yeah, wasn't it, God, like Oklahoma? Or Over something? a dozen for sure, you know, but... It's ain't California or New York, I'll tell you that. No, well, New York and California, they have their own issues with COVID. But be that as it may, uh, that's the background that we have for Texas and Governor Abbott um, getting rid of all COVID restrictions and uh, trying to, you know, pass the buck for power failures in the state of Texas. So it was uh, on March 5th that Abbott did a press conference in East Texas to discuss something of great importance, you know, since his state's going through a lot right now. Uh, And the person you're about to hear is the uh, press conference's other participant, Texas State Senator Brian Hughes. But it's good to be home and it's even better to be home and to bring a friend. Our Governor Greg Abbott uh, agreed to come here because this is an important issue for him. He's obviously no stranger to us here in East Texas and he grew up just down the road from here. And so uh, we're thankful that you're here. Representative Cole Hefner represents us in the legislature. He's here. Representative Hefner, thank you for being here. And uh, we're thankful for the support of this bill. So uh, any idea what this important issue might be, Anna? What, what the bill's about? Canceling Dr. Seuss. I mean, no. Do you think maybe it's an update to uh, energy regulation or public health initiatives to compensate for the lack of COVID restrictions? Anything? Probably at least the energy thing. Okay. So, so on a seri- serious guess. What do you think? What do you think they're about to talk about? Um, how this was a- all AOC's fault. Let's see. We know the issue, and we love, we love East Texas, and uh, we love the fact that we are not afraid of free speech. Free speech is that uniquely American right, isn't it? The right to hash things out, to hear views that we may not like, because we want to get to the truth. We want to get to the right place. We're not afraid of debate. Uh, Governor, you know, again, Justice Brandeis said the, the remedy for bad speech is more speech, exactly. not enforced <laughs> silence. And sadly, we have a handful of people in America today who want to control the town square, want to control social media, and want to enforce silence. Yeah. Wait, is this going to be about tech? Yes. Oh so in the, middle of, in the middle of a public health crisis and the aftermath of an extreme weather event where people died, Greg Abbott is taking time out of his schedule to endorse a Texas state bill that allows Texans to sue Twitter for getting booted off of their platform. So the proposed... Wait, are we talking about Alex Jones? No, so there you go. Exactly. So someone like Alex Jones, because this is a state level bill. Okay. And that is, uh, that is provincial. It, it applies only to Texas because it's a Texas law that they're proposing. It's known as state bill 12. I haven't seen a snappy title for it yet. Uh, basically people, uh, based in Texas or affiliated with Texas, like do business in Texas, they can sue under this law if they've been deplatformed or canceled, uh, because of their beliefs. 
I am so interested by this because signing up to Twitter, you agree to their terms of service. So if you violate their terms of service, they are allowed to kick you off the platform. So if anything, you were the one who broke the contract. Yeah, well, there, there's a little loophole or they believe that what they believe that they've created Ryan Hughes, it's his baby. He believes that he's created a bill that will amend uh, Texas law in a way where they can effectively get around Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act or Decency okay. and Communications Act. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that that's what he is saying. OK, uh, so before we get too deep into that, let's hear a little bit more about all the players involved in this presser. If you have a viewpoint different from theirs, they want to shut you up. That's not the American way, and that is not the Texas way. And so uh, they enforce that silence for people that don't agree with their agenda on religion or on politics or on freedom. In fact, my friend Don Garner is here with the Faith and Freedom Coalition, Texas. They're a national group, and they're uh, promoting this bill in several states around the country because it's going to take every state, following Texas' lead, of course, to get this right and to restore free speech and freedom. You know, I have nothing against Texas general or I have nothing against Texas or the people of Texas, but I can I get so sick of politicians in that state in particular and any other state where, you know, they, they have this like state level exceptionalism, like, oh, Texas will lead the way. It's you know, and you're a politician. It's like, dude, your political apparatus just failed your constituents. You know, people froze to death because of your fucked up deregulated power structure. But anyway, just had to point that Wait, out. Wait, and so the faith I feel like I've heard of the faith and freedom people before. Yeah, they uh, think of the Christian coalition. They yeah, but I swear that it was like something fairly recently that they were, that they did. So uh, jumping right in a little, just a very, very service level background on them. Uh, yeah, the the uh, Faith and Freedom Coalition. Basically, they were founded in 2009. Uh, they're an evangelical conservative right-wing political organization. Mike Pence gives speeches uh, at their events. Yeah. And um, the only thing you really need to know about them currently is they are publicly backing the Georgia bill that basically bars transgender girls from playing on girls' sports teams in schools. So you've heard about that? That's where I know them from. Exactly. So that's, that's who... That is who they throw their lot in with. Um, Brian Hughes, the Texas state senator who kind of brought this uh, SB 12 to life. Uh, Hughes is a pro-life, pro-gun Bible thumper. And he reps uh, Texas District 1, which is about 66% white, according to the 2010 uh, census. Um, some of his key votes, for example, uh, were HB 3557, which increases penalties for pipeline protesting called Critical Infrastructure Protection Act. Uh, he voted yay on that. That passed. He also voted yes for SB 1033, which establishes the Preborn Non-Discrimination Act of Texas. Do you know what that is? Yes. Yes. Uh, for those, you want to take us, take our listeners through it real quick? Nope. Okay, well, I... <laughs> Sorry, I every single time this just pisses me off and I can't even think straight. Okay, real quick, two big parts that jumped out to me. Number one, uh, it makes, uh, if I got this right, abortions beyond 20 weeks are now illegal in the state of Texas because of this act. And also uh, the non-discrimination part uh, saying it, it, that, you know, a fetus cannot be aborted for discriminatory uh, reasons. And, you know, it, it'll say like, you know, race, uh, biological sex, but then it also says... Um, if they, if the fetus may have some type of uh, uh, disability or, or de birth defect, mm -hmm. which is the big part of it, so they they put all that stuff in there just to fit that last part in there. 
basically they're using the guise of um like ableism like uh and using it to restrict women's reproductive rights access yeah so it's really slimy and really gross yeah so fuck them anyways that's brian hughes brian hughes is that that's his deal okay it's a female reaper well people who can get pregnant their access to abortions there you go so that's hughes that's the freedom uh faith and freedom coalition uh and yeah, these are the people that are touting this bill. And basically it's the idea that um, Twitter and companies like it are the new town square and therefore they should be treated as such as a traditional public forum, right? Which the irony of that is the town square by definition is relegated to the town of which it resides. Mm-hmm. And Twitter is global. It's an interesting point, actually. Actually, that's true. Could somebody bring suit from a country where because it's a, an American-based company for First Amendment violation if they don't live in the U.S.? That's a good question, actually. We'll see. Yeah, so, yeah, seriously. So uh, so Hughes uh, continues, and he sets the scene. Uh, this is a fight against tech, tech companies uh, who are barring conservative speech specifically. They talk about that. Not speech, conservative speech. This is the boogeyman that they have been bringing out for years. Correct. And uh, not just conservative speech, Texan conservative speech, because it's a Texas law. Uh, and they are, you know, these tech companies are waging war by deplatforming Texans based on political beliefs. So uh, Hughes never offers a specific example of a Texan who's been kicked off social media because of political beliefs, because if he had... As as you pointed out, maybe he'd have to mention Alex Jones, the most prolific. Got sued. Oh, which time? You know? Yeah. yeah so well, he... I mean, this most recent time, he lost some moolah. Correct. Not and... enough, in my opinion. No, no. But... And he's, 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 again, uh, if you ever, anything you ever want to know about Alex Jones, check out the good folks over at Knowledge Fight. Best podcast ever for making fun of and being equally horrified about Alex Jones and Infowars. I can't watch it because like, or I can't listen to it because every single time I just think of like, this dude just needs to be medicated. That's all I can think of like the whole time. And I know that they've been over this and like, dude is powerful and has money. So fuck him. But like that, that's all I can think of is like, dude needs to be tranked and then medicated. It's a fair assessment. But I mean, again, as, and you and I've gone over this, the fact is, Alex Jones know, is self-aware enough to listen to his lawyer when it really, really counts. And because he's got that minimum level of self-awareness and self-preservation, that to me is like whatever else he is, he's a grifter. And he got, he's got everything coming. So Well, I, again, and I'm, not, I'm definitely not sticking up for Alex Jones, but me personally, it's kind of like how I can't listen to Trump because I just want to like strangle something. Right, right. You know, because it, it's just... Like, I, I, I have to do it for my own mental health, man. I just got to I gotta tap out. I got you. I, I, I'll i leave it with this. I will have compassion for people like them after we have, like, state-level compassion through, you know, government action for people who don't have millions or billions of dollars. That's yeah, what I mean, I'll say. How many Rolexes does that dude have? A like, lot. A lot. But we could talk about him forever. But, again, we'll leave that to Dan and Jordan at Knowledge Fight, one of my favorite podcasts. Check it out. So, unsolicited plug. So, uh, anyway, so Abbott... Uh, kind of chimes in here and he begins by praising Hughes and making a demonstrably false claim about the first amendment as it relates to Texas. 
you know, one thing that Senator Hughes fights for is Second Amendment rights, uh, the right to life, so many freedoms. Now he's stepping up fighting for the First Amendment rights so that conservative speech will not be canceled in the state of Texas. We need, we need to recognize, in, in Texas, maybe in particular in Texas, we see that the First Amendment is under assault by these social media companies, and that is not going to be tolerated in Texas. Amen. You hear those amens? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's like, like, he uses like his, his, his Christian hype man. He's just, he says that through the whole thing. Well, Abbott's like, it's like, oh, yes, amen, amen. You know, Abbott's like, can I get a sandwich? Oh, yes, amen. You know, no, he doesn't actually ask for a sandwich, but... So, yeah, Abbott is talking about the first, quite literally, the First Amendment is under attack by tech companies. And as you pointed out... Specifically Texas First Amendment yeah, rights, which I'm like, all right, sure. It's just like, one, no, and two, like... Uh, Okay, first of all, that as you pointed out, that the First Amendment, as we as most of us know, does not apply. The First Amendment, right, as it's understood, is that government shall make no law, right, that mm-hmm. will you know limit speech, freedom of, of press, freedom of religion. Okay, that has nothing to do with a private company, no matter how big. You know, uh, but there are a few exceptions, and we're going to get into that. Like, do you know what? A, are you familiar with the term common carrier? Um. I want to say yes. It's it's kind of goes to um, like internet companies or phone companies, exactly, right? Exactly. Like exactly. distributing, like using the means um, to like distribute. Speech, yeah, uh, right? there's it's it's complicated. I don't really understand all of it. Um, I had to look it up. Obviously, I had to ask a couple of friends who happen to be attorneys. Uh, it, it, there there are certain. There's no hard and fast rule for what a common carrier is Um, with telecommunications. Yes, it would have to do with net neutrality. And that's kind of where they're going to go with this. Okay, so, yeah, the idea that uh, First Amendment protections are under assault in the state of Texas, uh, they, they frame that as part of, you know, just a larger cancellation of conservative speech across the board. Uh, but the funny thing is that according to an NYU study that was published this February in the wake of, you know, kicking Trump off of social media, I'm sure, uh, existing data shows that engagement heavily favored conservative positions in the last year. Uh, according to metric data sourced from CrowdTangle in 2020 from January 1st to Election Day, Fox News, Breitbart and The Daily Caller received the heaviest engagement respectively, one, two and three. So, and also like, you know, engagement with Trump versus engagement with Biden, like it wasn't even close. It was like 86% to 13% of engagement. So yeah, that, the, the, the data suggests that conservatives are far more active, um, on these platforms, which I mean, I'm willing to buy. So yes, yeah. because it's, it's true. Yeah. I mean, so there's I- a reason why YouTube pushed, you know, right wing conspiracies and not left tube yeah because in their algorithm because money right so yeah abbott continues and you know he 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 cites a dangerous trend of conservative speech suppression and uh and he touts a a campus speech protection act that was passed uh in the last session in texas as a victory in that very fight there is a dangerous movement this is spreading across the country to i love that evangelical like preacher yeah. twang he's mm-hmm. using there's a dangerous movement can i get an amen and of course hughes then says amen literally so try to silence conservative ideas religious beliefs 
We saw that first arise on college campuses. You may recall last session, we passed and assigned into law the campus free speech law, ensuring that conservative speech on campuses would not be silenced. Right. Thank you for your leadership in that one also. Yeah, so uh, he's referring to, Abbott's referring to Senate Bill 18 of the 86th session of the Texas Congress. You want to take a guess how they ensured free conservative speech wouldn't be silenced uh, on campuses, Anna? Uh, restricting liberal speech. Not exactly. So they couldn't do that um, because then it would become like we cancel. I don't want to even use that word, but they restrict all speech. Right. So it's like with the First Amendment, like all things, as we know, it's an all or nothing kind of proposition in certain regards. You know, you either, allow, you know, in the public forum, you either allow all speech, you know, notwithstanding illegal speech like incitement or you don't allow any speech. Otherwise, you're showing bias. Right. Which on the face of it is technically fair with respect to the First Amendment as we understand it. Now, basically, this is what Senate Bill 18 did. Um, and again, I'll, I'll link uh, um, the, the actual text of the act in the show notes. Uh, pretty much, the bill uh, created uh, and passed in the wake of... It was created and passed in the wake of uh, free speech controversy on Texas campuses, which included an event that featured Richard Spencer as a speaker in 2016. You see, because he was canceled uh, because there was just so much um, going on. Or I, I don't know if he's actually canceled, but there was a big number of protests. And a Texas university faced a potential lawsuit afterwards. You see? Okay. So basically, the act requires that universities create disciplinary measures for anyone who interfered with the free speech of another. Okay. Yeah, among Wait, it does, so this could even be just pushing back on someone? Well, so the idea is this. Um and the I read the uh, the the act itself isn't really that long. Effectively what it means is you can't interfere with the free speech of another. Uh you can you you can effectively protest, but I think so so if somebody is giving a talk, like Richard Spencer's giving a talk, right? And pretty much every other rational human being uh doesn't want him there, right? And they show up to protest. You can do that, but you can't do it in a way that interferes with the actual process of him being a speaker and people going. So like block, like being a human blockade to block the building and things like that. Got it. Okay. That you can't do. So effect, which was, I mean, you know. So you can't play like loud music to drown him out? I, I don't know because the act leaves it up to individual universities or university systems to really define how it is they're going to, you know, uh, what what counts as interference and how to deal with it. Uh, the act also uh, disallowed a university employee from canceling a speaker that was approved by the university and invited by a university-affiliated group. Okay. Ah. So you that, see where there there it is. So you see where they, they buried the lead a little bit. You see where this is going, right? Yeah. It also says that you know you have to use basically neutral um, criteria when determine when approving what speaker will be allowed on campus. So it has nothing to do with their the content of what their message or anything else like that. It only has to do with things like is the venue going to be available? What are the security personnel in terms of total people? That type of thing. So it has to be like a politically neutral consideration of someone even even like Richard Spencer, because otherwise you're being biased, you see. Um, it also says you cannot consider, quote, anticipated controversy related to the event when making a determination of whether a speaker is approved. So uh, if Richard Spencer is, again, invited back post, uh, you know, 
uh, post Unite the Right, right? And, you know, the whole world is going to turn out and maybe tear the university apart. According to this bill, you can't use that as a consideration to say, no, he can't speak here. Wow. Yeah. So that's what he's referring to. I think they're going to have a difficult time actually enforcing that. So I think, I haven't looked it up yet, but I believe that they were, uh, Texas colleges and universities were supposed to have this up and running and in compliance. I think by August of last year, I didn't see too much in the news of any type of fallout there. But it would be interesting to like in a couple of years to see what kind of like data they've generated. You know, I, I, I don't know, frankly, but that's what he's talking about. So, yeah, Abbott kind of makes his position on uh, this non-existent fight uh, against, you know, free speech suppression. He makes it quite clear when uh, while describing the perceived role of uh, social media companies. They have evolved into the modern day public square. These are the areas that used to be the courthouse square where people would come to talk. Now people are going to Facebook and Twitter to talk about their political ideas and what Facebook and Twitter are doing. Uh, They are uh, controlling the flow of information and sometimes denying the flow of information. And they are being uh, in the position where they are choosing which viewpoints are going to be allowed to be presented. Texas is taking a stand against big tech political censorship. We're not going to allow it. So does this bill specifically protect conservatives free speech? No, the language of the bill itself, and I'll get into that in a second, but no, it does not take a partisan um, stance because that on the face of it would probably be illegal, right? But in the press conference, they're saying that specifically it's going to protect conservative speech because of the myth that conservatives are being deplatformed uh, and, and, you know, left wing speech is being is being allowed to flourish. So, again, under this criteria, could someone sue, say, Parler? No. So the bill itself says that the platform has to have at least 100 million users. Um, I don't know if I, I don't know if Parler has that. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So in other words, you're talking about Facebook and Twitter uh, and, you know, Instagram, Facebook offshoot, uh, YouTube, stuff like that. They're talking about the big ones, right? So if you're a small company, this wouldn't apply to you. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure that Twitter and Facebook would argue that they're disallowing disinformation and conspiracy theories, right? Because because what Abbott's getting at is people are, you know, this bill will will stop the non-existent, you know, scourge of of um, social media companies, quote unquote, canceling people because it's a of con- war on free speech. Well, yeah, and and I don't know if Twitter or Facebook has ever done first of all I, I can't think of any examples where they've done that where they're like the political views of this person or group on the face of it we don't agree with so they don't get to use our services anymore you know i not that i can think of they 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 have deplatformed people for like you know trading in conspiracy theories for safety reasons you know like Hate a, speech yeah election fraud uh doxing people hacked materials all, you know all kinds of things i've yet to hear of an actual example where Twitter says, oh yeah, we didn't like their political views, you know? Because or, they wouldn't do that. No, why? Wh- <laughs> I mean, even if that's, 
even if that is what their subjective intent is, you can't use that as evidence in a court of law, number one. And two, they have really good lawyers. Why would they ever allow themselves to be open to something like that? Not to mention the fact that if they're so liberal, why did they allow Trump and Candace Owens and you know, Ben Shapiro is still on the platform. They're all still on the platform. The only and it has been shown that multiple times, like mass shooters frequent Ben Shapiro's Twitter. Yeah. And he, and he's, he can be considered a moderate compared to say Tucker Carlson, Dan Bongino, Sean Hannity, Candace Owens, and pretty much anyone that doesn't insist uh, that the election was a fraud, but still uses like right wing dog whistles. Cause the only guys who are getting, mostly guys who get kicked off are people who trade in conspiracy theories and are not, you know, right now members of Congress, like, you know, Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know? Yeah. She's still on the platform. She's still on the platform. And she, you know, she's got all these like transphobic, homophobic, you know, American exceptionalist bullshit, you know, policy, public policy positions you know, and she, she's a bigot. I mean, my personal opinion, she is a bigot and has no place in the halls of power. But that's just me. She did run unopposed effectively, you know, like the Democrat going against her, like I think dropped out before the before the uh, the 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 general election. Also, she shouldn't have got that far. Well, his, she ran in a district where I believe historically the GOP tends to carry that district. I think about like but 70%. that's what I'm saying. She shouldn't have got that far because she is very extreme. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But, and she's still on Twitter, as far as I know. Madison Cawthorn, who definitely was dealing in conspiracy theories and is now trying to act like he wasn't, he's still on there. Uh, anyway, so the idea that, and they've got heavy, heavy, heavy engagement, millions of users. So that's, that's all bullshit. The idea. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. Twitter's not going to kick all of these people off their platform because they get engagement off of it. Money. I hate, and that's the other thing. I want to be clear to everyone listening. I am no fan of billionaires or people who own Twitter or, or Twitter really effectively. At, you know, I understand the value of, of social media as, as a tool of communication. This day you can't not have it. I understand. Right, exactly. I, I get that. The, but the people who run it, I'm not fans of them because just, well, because I'm not a fan of millionaires or billionaires, frankly. Billionaires should not exist. They should not exist. And frankly, I mean, to an extent, millionaires probably shouldn't exist. But that's that's my own philosophy, you know? Personally, I, I, I definitely draw the line at billionaires, but like not existing. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm, I'm open to some debate about millionaires, especially like multi-millionaires, like hundred millionaires. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and all these people have a social media presence, you know? <laughs> And so the idea that anyone's being canceled or deplatformed because of conservative ideas, which is to say, you know, ideas that favor the rich, uh, it's that's all bullshit. It's complete bullshit. So basically, they want to be able to spout how all Democrats are demon child eaters without anyone pushing back on that. Well, I, oh, you're talking about the people who were deplatformed specifically, like QAnon? So many QAnon people were deplatformed. That's that, really what's going on That here. is true. There was a clean sweep, and even one of my other favorite uh, podcasts, QAnon Anonymous, which specifically debunks QAnon, they were caught up in the dragnet. I think I talked about that before. Which, by the way, Q has still not posted in, it's been months now. Oh, okay. It's been that, like three months that, since uh, December 8th, that right? Does, that doesn't surprise me in the slightest because I, you, you know what that tells me? That tells me that whoever quote unquote Q is, is not a, it may be a conspiracy theorist, but like Alex Jones, whoever this person or persons are, 
They have enough like self-awareness to realize that after January 6th, like shit got real. So if I keep this up, I could be subject to like federal or international crime, you know, and I could like go to prison one day. Well, I think the long and short of it is the grift got out of their control. Also true. And they can't contain it anymore. Yeah. Or, or, you know, they haven't been able to contain it in a while. Maybe it's just, they finally realize it, you know, is after people, you know, like died. So, uh, so Abbott kind of goes on, uh, getting back to what we were talking about. And he sort of quickly explains what this proposed laws is in effect supposed to do. What Senator Hughes's legislation does is it prohibits social media companies from censoring Texans based upon Texans viewpoints. It would also allow any Texan who has been canceled or censored or deplatformed uh, to be able to file a lawsuit against Twitter, Facebook, or any of these other companies and make sure they are able to get back on so they can share their viewpoints so that we can have a robust conversation on all of these platforms about our political viewpoints. That's pretty specific, but I read the act, and uh, the proposed bill. That's, that's actually a pretty accurate description of what it is they're saying. I just disagree with all of it, you know? Uh, basically, a company like Twitter can, under this law, can be sued uh, if they banned, for example, uh, uh, one of their users based in Texas uh, because of a viewpoint. That's the language used in the bill, their viewpoint. But it doesn't specify uh, whether the viewpoint uh, is demonstrably false or not, like conspiracy theories, you see? So, in other words, under this law, it's so vague um, and I, again, I consulted one of our lawyer friends, it, it, viewpoint can be anything. So in theory, if I was spouting any type of hateful conspiracy theory, but not technically in violation of like incitement laws, right? Yeah. Like uh, if I engaged in one of the oldest ones, uh, the blood libel, you know, uh, Jewish people put blood in their matzah and kill babies and things like that. Without, not true. <laughs> not, obviously not true. Without specifically saying like, oh, and therefore we should kill Jewish people. Right. Uh, but it's it's clear what I'm doing. And I get booted for that, for that conspiracy theory and those lies and that hate speech. I could then sue because you canceled me because if I'm based in Texas because of my, quote, viewpoint. That's what they're talking about. They're talking about uh, just a total free for all on Twitter and forcing a private company to carry that content. I don't think this is going to work. I really don't. I feel like this is going to go like someone's going to do it. And it's going to go through the Supreme Court, and I don't think they're going to back it. No. I, I I mean, so, again, spoke to someone who knows way more than I do about the law generally, right? And the way they see, like, Twitter is based, for example, Twitter is based in California. And really quick, uh, he said that one of the ways this could go in practice would be something like this. Pretty much, um, Texas brings a lawsuit against Twitter. Twitter would then have to go to Texas state court, right? Because it's a Texas law. Twitter would then use its lawyers to pretty much, in a way, get the case itself, assuming it got that far, bounced to a federal court in California, probably San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and then who the hell knows where it goes from there? You know, uh, um, and it's possible, uh, again, guy I consulted said it's possible that the law, the text, this law itself could be in violation of Texas's own constitution. Uh, it could be beyond what their regulatory powers are, since you're talking about reaching over state lines and all that stuff. So it, it becomes like a thing, 
You know, it, it seems it seems kind of pointless. Basically, they're going to pass this law and then in five years, we're going to see whether or not it works. Yeah, and, <laughs> which which kind of leads me to my whole point is that this this thing is this thing that they're talking about is pointless. And the timing of this is pretty obvious, right? Because like we said at the top of the show, this is coming off the tail end of people dying and freezing to death because of power failure and the lifting of COVID restrictions, which is extremely extremely dangerous. Don't be angry at your government accidentally killing people because of weather. Focus on being angry because of your political viewpoint. Which are not being canceled because then everyone immediately gets on Twitter and complains that they're being censored. But anyway, you're on Twitter. So so this whole thing is bullshit. How do you beat sense into people? I you can't. And, How, and do you, can you talk sense into someone? Not not can, when you, can you do something for it? Well, that's what this is. I mean, that's what demagoguery is. You're using lies and deceptions specifically. Well, not not all demagoguery is based on lies, but in this case, you know, you're using misdirection to cut off rational thought. And without rational thought, you cannot reach you know, a conclusion that can be anything considered good, you know, to the public welfare, right? You just can't because it's based on what Jason Stanley calls an ideological fallacy. If you start from a lie or something that is incorrect in its belief that's true, you can't get anywhere meaningful, at least in a good way. So <laughs> you might wonder, again, this is a press conference, which means there's, there's reporters, albeit East Texas reporters, nothing against the good people of East Texas, but they are very friendly to to Governor Abbott, as I understand it. So you might wonder uh, if all of this will distract the news media, uh, even in, in Abbott-friendly East Texas, from, you know, the colossal fuck-ups of late in the state. Um, and spoiler alert, it does not. This is the first question out of the gate when they start asking questions. You're going to have to, the, it, the reporter's going to be a little soft, so just got to listen hard. Tyler area was hit pretty hard. A lot of people fell into water did you catch that he was asking about power and water in tyler tyler is like the is the area where they're at okay you know? so uh he's, and he's at he's asking about the power failure he's not he didn't that was the first question it has nothing to do with with this bill i think they kind of know that this is like oh, a yeah. song and dance they're like yeah whatever oh, yeah we have real problems yeah he's tap dancing so <laughs> i know that you're trying to get political points or whatever and that's cute good for you honey we we're, we're so <laughs> proud of you but people still don't have drinking water right a specific class of people you know but anyways this is his response so let's be clear about something First, uh, what happened in Texas is completely unacceptable. Uh, people pay their power bills. They expect to be able to get power. Uh, and for that power to be shut down uh, is reprehensible. We've already identified some of the root causes of this. But more importantly, we've identified solutions to this. Let me tell you something. We are not going to end this legislative session without ensuring that the power never goes down in Texas again. And people in East Texas or any place in Texas will never have to experience this episode ever again. Amen. That's total demagoguery. You cannot make that promise even in the best of times. Yeah. Okay. I mean, California liberal that it is, we have rolling blackouts all the time. There's all kinds of things that get fucked up because of, you know, government inefficiency and corruption. Okay. This is Going not something. Fires. There's, this is not. Natural disasters happen, dude. 
Yeah, and as climate change gets worse, I mean, our in the the you know the obvious weaknesses in all states' infrastructures are going to become all the more obvious. This is not something specific to Texas, and I don't know why he's making it seem that way. Uh, other he, than he's he's like he's using the um, it's almost like is there a word for patriotism that means like statehood, like statism? Uh, you know, like your your personal identity to your state. Jingoism. I guess because I feel like I thought jingoism specifically referred to country or is it area well I mean I guess we could apply that's the type of mentality we're going for like my 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 provincial area my state versus all others exactly yeah like they're using that sort of idea of like Texas exceptionalism yeah and and to be clear the people using it are the the people profiting off of it are the politicians the ruling class and the bureaucrats i would argue that people of texas you know i I mean are just you know income inequality notwithstanding uh anybody who's basically not greg abbott and his crew are just as vulnerable you know like they don't get to go to cancun basically yeah i mean and also when you see who lost power and water and they who are were still without power and water overwhelmingly in communities of color oh yeah absolutely it, it highlighted income inequality in a state where they claim that they're leading the way in, in quote-unquote job creation and i hate that that term job creation anyways but we're gonna get Small to that businesses are actual job creators agreed but the the term job creation is just capitalist hyper capitalist propaganda but we're gonna get to that in just a second for now uh, regarding Abbott's response to that, the first question out of the gate, which was, what, have you spoken to local leaders about, you know, the loss of power and water? Uh, for Abbott, that was all political lip service, right? As, as far as I know, Abbott tried to blame the green, green energy and then he blamed ERCOT, right? Uh, and he never mentioned the fact that uh, this weather event sort of demonstrated serious flaws in the Texas power grid system. The fact that they're cut off, the fact that they wanted to avoid federal regulation, and there's a serious downside, and it was seen in real time. Next question up. Uh, This one is also not about the bill. This one is about Abbott's decision to end COVID restrictions. So, the, the reporter, it's really hard to hear him, but basically, um, the reporter asks why this March is suddenly safe when last March, Texas needed COVID restrictions. And Abbott cites supposedly improving COVID case numbers, which, okay, sure, all right, I'll, I'll give him that. I'll just take that at face value that that's true, that COVID is going in the correct um, direction. Yeah, but do you want to know why? Why? Because people are social distancing and wearing masks. Oh, God. And getting injections let me let me let me hear the those vaccinations let me hear those dirty words socialism (laughs) regulation responsible government oh Oh, yeah oh this is getting cut (laughs) no this is gonna be our best this is the best part of the show so yeah pretty much that um abbott says you know we have compared to last year we have test kits we have a working vaccines these are all you know, in and of themselves, these are actually valid points in favor of loosening restrictions perhaps a little bit but he also mentioned something that isn't really accurate, and uh, he just shoehorns this into his answer, which is the uh, economic achievements of Texas and the logic of safe COVID practices. And so the, the state of Texas is uh, not only a completely different situation, we are in a situation where it is safe to open up 100%. It's not. And every Texan here and every Texan across the state, they have learned for the past year 
the safe strategies to use to make sure they remain safe. They really we haven't. do encourage people to, uh, if they continue to wear a face mask, to continue to practice safe practices. That will ensure that we will be able to get everybody back to work uh, with Texas continuing to lead the United States of America in economic growth and job creation. We'll get to the job creation in just a second. But that statement, you heard him talking about, you know, quickly, you know, people who choose to wear masks and safe practices, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, does anybody, does anybody else in the audience there see the hole in his logic? You're basically, you, your statement is a tacit sort of admission that safe practices, including the wearing of a mask, right, helps reduce the spread of COVID, right? But he stands by his decision to end the mask mandates, right? This is like acknowledging the importance of seatbelts. But getting rid of the laws requiring a seatbelt in the interest of freedom. I, and I do not understand that. And you have the freedom to fly through your windshield in the event of a car accident. <laughs> Which and, and just like COVID, you could fly through a window or bounce around in your car and kill somebody else in your car. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just like it, I, I try to think of an analogy that I thought would resonate with people. And. I, I, I did it in a way that, you know, uh, maybe I'm using a Texas stereotype. If we have Texas fans out there, please correct me if I'm wrong here. But it, it would seem, at least in, in popular media, Texas as a culture really likes guns. Okay. I don't think that's an exaggeration. And, and carrying guns. You know, I, I think shooting guns at targets is objectively fun. Okay. But that being said, guns, right? The idea. So, like, take the whole mask thing. And if I could create like a make believe analogy to. Uh, open carry, right? It would be like if the debate behind open carry was not only do you want to open carry in a crowd of people, but your guns, it is known that every one out of every thousand days, it will randomly go off. Now it might kill someone. It might not kill someone. It might do nothing except, you know, ruin your day, right? Maybe no one's hurt. Maybe someone's hurt. But the point is that risk is acceptable in the name of your individual liberty. So my question then is, what happens when a thousand people all have those guns that randomly go off in time? That, to me, is effectively, that's COVID. That is the world of COVID without any social distancing, without any enforcement of masks, and expecting people to just do the rational and right thing when 39% of people, according to Ted Cruz, believe that the 2020 election was fraudulent. Like, at what point do we say that, you know, the propaganda machine has pretty much cut off rational thought? And we can't count on most people in large groups and mobs to do the right thing. Are you kidding? All I can think of is the poor, um, like doctors, nurses, and healthcare workers, EMTs, working in these states that have basically gotten rid of all safety procedures, safety measures. They're already working. They've already been working nonstop for the last year. And you are basically just opening it up for more people to get sick and for these people to have to work even harder. Yep. 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 I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how they, how they think they can sell this, but I have dealt with so many doctors and even more nurses in the last few years of my life. And I can tell you that every single one of them works so fucking hard and it's even worse now with COVID. And I just, again, I just think of these hardworking people and it just pisses me off that people won't wear a fucking piece of fabric. That, and if that wasn't bad enough, right, the other part of his statement, uh, Abbott's response to that question was about, you know, job creation. 
right? Which again, I say is, is hyper-capitalism code for the rich get richer, right? I don't think anyone will really disagree with me there, um, unless you're a hyper-capitalist. So look, the truth is Texas is among one of the worst offenders in terms of income inequality. Um, basically there's a G I N I coefficient. I don't know if it's Gini or Gini. I'm just going to say Gini. Uh, the Gini coefficient is basically a way that people can measure, you know, income inequality. In this case, in the United States, we use uh, census data. Okay. And which is why it's so important that everyone gets counted in the census yep. and why you don't put racist questions on the census. Mm -hmm. And thereby ruining the, as you point out, ruining the census and we won't have another meaningful one for 10 years. So lovely. I did fill out our census data, by there the way. There you go. So uh, Texas ranks in terms of Gini coefficient, right? Zero would be like uh, absolute equality. Everyone has, I have a dollar and you have a dollar. Uh, yeah. One, <laughs> oh, God. yeah. A one, what a, world. <laughs> a one is, is perfect inequality. I have $2, you have $0 and there's only $2 in the world. That's the idea, right? Or I'm, I'm really oversimplifying this. Yeah. You have to think of it in terms of simplicity. Yeah. Yes. So out of 52, Texas actually ranks 39th. So to suggest that, you know, to, you know, it's the, the idea that they're leading the way in, you know, in job creation and that stuff that what they're really saying is they're leading the way in prosperity for business. So, oh yeah. I mean, we've seen that lately with so many businesses or millionaires and billionaires leaving California to go to Texas. Yep. And I will say for the record, uh, California actually is even worse on that scale. They're not, they're 48. So Cal not not throwing shade at Texas specifically, just Greg Abbott for making misleading claims because he's a fucking politician. So, yeah, and the power loss in Texas is also hurting, as you pointed out, low-income families at a rate that, you know, far beyond what it should. And there doesn't appear to be, as I said, any meaningful financial relief in sight. There was certainly none mentioned during this entire press, press conference. Nothing for, like, relief for people suffering from the power outage. Well, that's not what this was about. This was for political grandstanding. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, it's just it's so depressing. So just a couple more. Um, so the press conference goes on and Hayes uh, then chimes in and in response to another reporter's question about how the law works in terms of compliance. And this is what we were talking about earlier about common carrier. OK, and Hayes talks about that. But then he also kind of makes an analogy that doesn't really hold up. We don't allow your phone company to cut you off because they don't like your politics. Your cable company can't cut you off because of your religion. These social media companies are common carriers. They have chosen to enter into that business, and they cannot discriminate against people in violation of the First Amendment. Yeah, so... That's not true. No, it's not true at all. There's no... So... As we said earlier, right, basically in telecommunications, and again, oversimplifying this because I'm not a specialist, um, common carriage requires a service to carry all traffic provided it doesn't break any laws and it's subject to a regulatory body like the phone companies. Think of net neutrality. ISPs, or, yeah. Yeah, or when AT&T's uh, bell system was broken up right? Mm -hmm. That's what he's talking about. Okay. Now I don't understand all of it, but I did find an article by a guy named John Bergmayer. He's an attorney who specializes in this type of thing, right? Uh, oh, so he would know. Yes, he okay. would actually know. And, and he kind of sums up the argument against social media as a common carrier. Thus, uh, to quote from Bergmayer, um, 
An unmoderated network, particularly ones with public dis discussions, would be overwhelmed with low-quality content, abusive users, spam, and so on. Or, as we've recently discovered, groups organizing themselves for mass violence. Unmoderated platforms like this hinder free expression, since loud, abusive users can drive everyone else away and dominate the conversation. Moderation allows voices to be heard, attracts a more diverse user base, and even allows different social networks to differentiate from each other. We need to regulate social networks and protect users in many ways, but they can be free to make the content moderation decisions they think best, while being subject to criticism for them, of course. The ACLU, which has expressed skepticism of Amazon's move with AWS and Parler, has recognized that, quote, speech communities like social networks should be able to define their own rules. So, yeah, basically what he's saying is just like by by forcing a social media platform to be to carry all traffic, you would pretty much just turn it into like a breeding. You turn it into Parler effectively is is. T Twitter without moderation in the form we know it is parlor. And I mean, they're not even great about doing that. How many women, people of color, queer people, trans people have been chased off of these platforms, yep. YouTube especially, because of an insane amount of vitri vitriol and hate speech? Yeah, exactly. And there's a lot to criticize right about YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook in terms of their moderation. Hell, Facebook, you know, their platform was used, you know, to sort of, you know, as a tool for like, you know, ethnic cleansings and civil wars around the world. Yes. So, I mean, literally yeah. in, in certain areas of the world, Facebook is the internet. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And but it comes preloaded on every phone. Yeah. But you know, Abbott and Hayes have no time for that because they are busy with their own provincial make-believe need. You know, the, the war on Texas free speech. So to that end, this is the last clip, okay? And this, to me, pretty much sums up Greg Abbott and Hayes and the Faith and Freedom Coalition and all these people, okay? So Abbott is asked about Biden's Neanderthal comment. You're familiar with this. Uh, he said that restrict like COVID Biden did. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Um, about getting rid of COVID restrictions is kind of Neanderthal th thinking. Right? Correct. Yeah. And you know, conservative media sort of like just touch grabbed onto that. Yeah. Again, it wasn't, that's just what Biden does. He puts his foot in his mouth. Um, I personally think that it was obviously not a great comment. No, but it's it, it not wasn't. necessarily inaccurate either. No, no, his point, the 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 spirit of the comment, exactly. Is sound. The 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 point of the comment stands. How he phrased it was the issue. Bad word choice. Exactly. Right, but I mean, compared to other recent former presidents, I mean, relatively benign. Whoever could you mean? I don't know, but uh, and clearly, I, I have a very short memory for former presidents when it comes to word choice, and so does uh, Abbott, as he's about to demonstrate. So. Abbott's responding to that question about the Neanderthal comments. And um, Abbott brags that uh, Texas's COVID response is, you know, great, you know, despite what Biden would have you believe. It's greater and, than the wheel. It's great. And then he pivots uh, and decides to go with an old favorite, racism. It's the kind of language you expect a president not to use. <laughs> 
Yeah, I had to pause there. Oh my god. Yeah, he's been a he's been on Trump's bandwagon since the beginning, so don't give me that shit. Dude, I, I have to I have to I have to shake that off. Shake I got, it off. I gotta shake, shake it, it off. off. Okay. Yeah, that's you 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 we 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 good? We threw that part of the bullshit. Taylor Swift man, shake it off. Okay, because that's the best part of what he has to say. Uh, you expect him to be a little bit above that, but uh, secondly, it showed that he really doesn't know the achievements that we've been able to achieve in Texas with regard to uh, slowing the spread and increased vaccinations. But even worse, he could not have said it on a worse day for him. Here we go. Because the same day that he said that, uh, it was revealed uh, that the Biden administration uh, is bringing in illegal immigrants into the state of Texas and then releasing them, and many of whom have COVID. And the, uh, so under the Biden administration, he is releasing into the United States people who are COVID positive, who are going across not just Texas, but elsewhere in the country. The president and his, his administration need to step up and stop this program, uh, first of promoting illegal immigration, uh, but second, allowing people who are coming to this country to spread COVID across the entire country. That is extremely dangerous. Okay. I tried to think of an eloquent response to this, but basically Abbott can fuck right the fuck off for even bringing that up. Dirty immigrants, really? Yeah, and, and the, like the we want to talk about the history of spraying Mexican people coming over the border with gasoline. Really? Yeah. yeah. We it, we want to go there. Also, I mean, let's let's just point out the obvious here, okay? You just said that you trust Texans to be responsible and to make good choices. Okay, and now you're bringing up 108 people, right? And what he's referring to is, is are you familiar with this? There was a report. It was on Fox, right? It was, it was even on NBC. I mean, it's the numbers are technically accurate, so far as I can tell. Basically, I believe uh, it was 108 migrants uh, were released uh, pending their their hearings. Okay, uh, and I guess well, there were many released, but I guess 108 of them tested positive for COVID. Right. And the idea is like, oh, you know, that story becomes the Biden administration is releasing migrants, which, uh, you know, which is their conservative code for not white people. I'm just going to call it what it is. I mean, I don't think they were just released necessarily. Right. Well, I mean, they are in the same way everyone is released uh, pending uh, a hearing of that kind. You can't just hold them indefinitely. I mean, unless you want to be an asshole about it. You know, like people come, people come to the United States, they're seeking asylum um, and, you know, other things notwithstanding, these people are given a date in court and then released and then they show up on the court date. That's all they're talking about. And some of these people happen to test positive for COVID. This is not surprising considering, you know, the conditions that everyone's in. I'm going to say this, though. It is a bad idea to release COVID positive people into the public when they don't have a support network. Right, 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 right. And I, I take that To me, that that's just irresponsible. Well, okay, so I, I'm i going to push back a little bit on that. And that's because I, I have information on my side that you don't have, okay? So this is, speaking on that, okay? So the Texas Tribune sort of uh, reported on this already. And uh, speaking to the numbers, right, the Tribune had this to say. Um, and this happened in Brownsville, okay, where, where they're talking about the, the COVID testing was a, brown, was a city level uh, initiative. Okay. okay. So the testing in Brown, from the, from the Tribune, the testing in Brownsville was reportedly administered by the city. NBC reported that 6.3% of the migrants, test, migrants tested were confirmed to have coronavirus. That rate is smaller than positivity rate statewide, 
in which an average of 8.3% of tests came back positive over the past seven days. The 108 tests over the past five weeks is a small share of more than 3,800 confirmed cases in Cameron County reported by the state since January 25th. And thousands of new cases are being reported across the state of Texas every single day, making these 108 cases statistically insignificant. The only difference between them and everybody else is they are migrants. That is the difference. But but I'm also saying that because these migrants do not have access to health care, I'm saying that that is the res- the responsibility of our government to give them health care. Oh, 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 okay. That Sorry. is what I meant. I, mi- I misunderstood. Okay, okay. So you're saying you're you're talking more about like our uh, shitty healthcare system in America. Exactly. Got it. Okay. Yeah, because you are releasing sick people to do what? Right. I I totally agree. That's what I'm saying. I agree with you 100%. And it makes it all the more obvious what Abbott is doing, just engaging in xenophobia and racism, which is my take on what he's doing. You know, uh, it's, yeah, I, I'm not saying that they shouldn't be released for their you. court date. That was not what I was saying. No, I was I get saying that they should have medical treatment. Agreed. Agreed. Everyone should have medical treatment in a pandemic. Agreed. <laughs> but I, I'm saying that, you know, for, for migrants in particular, yeah. because they do not have a support network here. Yeah. And, and that that is that is a that is one part of a multifaceted problem that People like Abbott ignore because all he's looking for is political gain. He's like, oh, sh-, you know, oh, God, I'm 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 the man that people are probably going to blame for this come next election cycle. So I need to I need to create a problem that doesn't exist. This so, is just more migrant caravan bullshit. Yeah, exactly. So uh, final analysis of Greg Abbott and his press conference talking about a non-existent war on conservative speech, specifically in the state of Texas. Uh, he can go fuck himself. Yeah, I I apologize for laughing in the middle of that because I legitimately thought that he was going to talk about all of the great accomplishments that Neanderthals had made. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought he was going to say. He didn't throw in with that. And that's why I started giggling because I was like, is he seriously going to go there? No, 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 no. The, the, he, I don't know. Because that just would have been like chef's kiss, beautiful, absolutely circus of the absurd life timeline that we're living in right now it just would have been like so apt for this darkest timeline of which we are all in yeah uh, greg abbott and, and and hayes they were pretty much hosting the uh, the tea party in alice in wonderland like uh, just complete gaslighting total demagoguery and probably is going to have serious long-term like negative consequences but that's the world we live in. So I am sufficiently depressed. I don't know about you. So like I said, this is nothing really new. No, no, but it's important to engage with it. If only to acknowledge that people are still using it as an effective way to garner votes, you know, and, and fundraising. That's not going anywhere. Yeah, no, not, not until enough people, you know, myself included can, you know, continue to engage and demand change. But here we are today. All right. And that was our show. Uh, Thanks to everyone for listening. I'm sorry if you're as depressed as I am at this point. Maybe have a a warm beverage. That's what I'm about to do. Or I was going to say hug an animal. Hug an animal. Hug an animal. Against their will. No, just kidding. No, no, no. (laughs) 
<laughs> don't hug an animal against their will. Once you're done um, engaging in consensual animal hugging, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at ConsequencePod. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at StopTalkingMatt, where you'll see me hugging an animal. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, please express that joy in a form of a five-star review on Apple podcasts. Uh, maybe subscribe to the podcast on your, uh, preferred, uh, platform and maybe share a link to the show with someone who wants to get in on the conversation. Oh, and, um, thank you guys for those who have written a review. They're lovely. Thank you. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Y'all, and, y'all are great. And, um, honestly, if you guys have someone who would be a pretty good guest, uh anno- oh yeah annoy mad about it yes yes hit 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 me up on the social medias and i will get back to you uh until next time uh, everyone keep your head down and you know watch out for being canceled uh by twitter and jeff bezos and mark zuckerberg and especially if you live in the state of texas where globalist Alex- conspiracy global whatever yeah it's just like sure sure, sure. jan sure <laughs> later